0: If you have your Bibles with you, can you turn with me to Philippians 2, chapter 12? And this is where we're gonna be camping out. See, Philippians 2, chapter 12 is a portion of Scripture that has been, I, I believe, quite misunderstood for a long time by a lot of Christians. Philippians 2, chapter 12 says this, "'Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, "'not as in my presence only, "'but now much more in my absence,' Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Oftentimes we read this and we think that it's talking about our eternity, but I'm going to unpack some stuff that the Holy Spirit has been showing me over 27 years. This message has come as a result of 27 years, not of just reading and studying, but I'm giving you practical things that the Holy Spirit has done in my life so that you will be equipped to. I remember I was about 18 or 19 years old, and I was standing in the parking lot of the church that I was attending in Zimbabwe, and I was standing in the parking lot talking to a guy who must have been in his his mid to late 30s, and we were in the parking lot because this guy was still a smoker. He had recently given his life to Jesus, but he was working out this habit and this addiction in his life, and he hadn't yet gotten free from this. So we were standing in the parking lot and he was enjoying, enjoying his cigarette. I was getting to know him a little bit. I, he was getting to know me. And as the conversation was winding up, I then gestured to him that hey, I'm, I'm heading off. I gave him one last thumbs up. I took a couple of steps. And then there was this 40-something-year-old man. He's, he's a little bit of the Karen in the church. You all know the term Karen. Like he, was, he was the Karen in our church. And I was like, uh-oh, what is, this, what is Karen gonna say now? And so this 40-something-year-old wanders back to the smoker, and I see him gesturing with his arms and whatever else, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I've grown up to respect my elders, so I was not gonna dare say anything to this 40-something-year-old as only an 18, 19-year-old, but I wanted to be a fly on the wall and to hear what he was saying. So I step back into this conversation, and I hear him saying to the smoker, the reason that you are still smoking is because you have not yet been set free, and you also are bound up by a spirit of addiction. And I stood there like, uh oh, what the heck are you going to say to this? Smoker took one last drag, put out a cigarette, and it was genius. He stands and he looks at the guy and he says, you see, sir, I am free. The only difference between you and I is my struggle is public and yours is private. Woo! I was like, drop the mic. I walked away. The 40-year-old walked away, but I've never forgotten what that guy said. What he highlighted is every single one of us has a knot or knots in our lives that we have to untie. And it's our responsibility to untie these knots. Nobody else can untie the knots in our lives. Only you and I can do this. What the smoker understood is that he was free because he had given his life to Jesus, but there was still a knot in his life that had him tangled up. And it was his responsibility to undo the knot so he could live in freedom, not just in salvation. And there are things that every single one of us has in our lives that we need to become untangled by. You see, what I have over here is I have this cactus. This cactus represents death and sin. This cactus represents something that all of us are born into. All of us struggle with death and sin. The Word of God says that we, until we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, are slaves to sin and death. This thing is my master. No matter how hard I struggle, no matter how much I wanna be in the light, I cannot get to the light because I'm bound to sin and death. And until we accept Jesus into our lives, what we sometimes do is say, well, I'm actually almost in the light. I'm a good person, but I'm not nearly as bad as this person who's living in more darkness than what I am. And so a lot of people stay attached to the sin and death. No matter how hard I struggle, no matter how hard I pull, I cannot become all that God has called me to be because I have this radius that sin sets up for me and I can struggle as much as I want, but there is only one person who has the power to set me free. Every single one of us before we accepted Jesus into our lives, was bound and there was nothing you could do to break free. There was nothing you could do to fix yourself from this place until you cried out to Jesus, come and save me, Lord. And He comes and He shatters that and He removes us from sin and death. But there's still these knots in my life. I'm no longer attached to sin and death. I've been set free, but there's these knots that still get me tangled up. I wanna live in the light and walk in the light, but my issue is is that I meander between darkness and light because somehow I think that these knots still attach me to sin and death. You're no longer attached to sin and death if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. You have been set free. You see, However hard you try, you cannot break away from sin and death. But the responsibility to untie the knots in your life is yours. Philippians 2.12 says it like this. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. This particular portion of Scripture has two keys in it. The first is that we are to work out our salvation. And the second is that God is working in us. See, I used to be bound up in, with a particular knot in my life. I've had a few knots that I've had to work at undoing. I'm now free from this knot. But when I was about 16 years old, I was at boarding school and where we lived was of a long way, it was a few hours drive from where I lived to where I went to school. And on this particular weekend, I had asked a senior in the school to if I could catch a lift home with him because he lived in the same town as I lived in, so hitching a ride with him was pretty easy. This was only the second or third time I'd ever hitched a ride with this particular senior. He was an awesome guy, and it was amazing that he would even entertain me being with him because of where I sat in the pecking order as a, as, as a youngster in the school. And so we jump in his car and we were making our way back to where we live. And along the way, he says, hey, do you mind if we stop in at a friend's place? He's got a farm and we're just going to hang out for the afternoon and we're just going to have some fun. I'm like, yep, no worries, not a problem at all. And so we pull into this guy's farm and it's just amazing as all the farms in Zimbabwe are. And we spend the afternoon shooting clays and riding motocross bikes. And we're down at the dam messing around. And we're having an awesome, awesome time. Just guys being guys and guys having good, clean fun. It was an amazing afternoon. I mean, in fact, that was what I pretty much grew up doing. So this was just normal, good, clean fun for us. When we had finished up that afternoon, we went back into um, his little Apartment. So the, if you imagine, if you will, on the farmhouse, there was the main house and then behind the main house, there was this little granny flat that this other guy that I didn't know terribly well um, was living in. So he was separated from the main house. And it was me and the guy that lived in the same town as me and three other guys that were sitting in this room. We're sitting there and we're just chatting. We're having a good laugh. And I'm feeling now really awesome about myself because I'm only 16 years old and I've now been accepted by these seniors. They think that I'm pretty cool because I can ride a bike and I can shoot clays and I can do all this sort of stuff. I kept up with them. And they're like, this little lad is awesome. And so I'm sitting there and we're chatting. And then out of the blue, one of the seniors stands up and he switches on the TV and he puts in a videotape. And when the video starts recording, to my horror and disbelief, there's two people on the screen having sex and you can see everything. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Half expecting that one of those seniors was going to leap up, switch off the TV and switch off the videotape and be so embarrassed and be like, oh my goodness, I, that was not supposed to happen. I'm so sorry. And I'd be like, huh, no, you're good, mate. It's all, it's all good. But instead... They're all settled in as though we were watching a Star Wars movie. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on here? But now I've been accepted by these guys. What am I supposed to do? Because I don't want to be that prude. I don't want to be that guy who's like, hey, you can't do this because I'm the only Christian, and I'm amongst the few in the school that I'm going to. And these are the guys that I spend more time with than my own family. So what the heck? I didn't grow up in a bubble, I didn't grow up being bubble wrapped, but I grew up in a family where we knew what was appropriate and inappropriate. And if anything even suggestive came on TV, it was everybody's knee-jerk to reaction, reaction to grab the remote control and change the channel. No questions asked. That was just our culture. You can see when something's getting a little bit steamy and a little bit of heavy petting, and you're like, ah, kids, that, we don't watch that anymore. And so I was expecting that to happen. And I wish I could stand before you today and say, you know what, and I stood up in that moment and I said, in the name of Jesus, and da da, 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 I didn't. I sat there and I indulged. I'd never seen anything like this before. Never in my life witnessed this. I'm 16 years old and I'm like, whoa. Is that where I came from? After a, enough time, I, I get up and I decide that I'm gonna leave the building because I felt like I had sat around long enough to not be mocked and jeered at and I wasn't gonna be weird. And I went and sat in the, in the bottom of the garden on the garden furniture there. And this was 27 years ago. I can still remember how I felt. I left the room and I felt physically ill. I felt like throwing up. And I went and sat there and I remember sitting on the, on, on, on the garden bench just feeling, I must have been in shock because even though it was a summer evening, I still felt cold and I still felt physically ill. You see, what makes it even worse is that this is what happened only six months after I had made my public declaration to follow Jesus all of my life. I've been water baptized and now I'm faced with this. And I felt like I had failed. I felt like I had failed dismally. A few weeks later, I went to my mom and I said to her, mom, this is what, I, this is what had happened. And my mom was like, I know. <laughs> I tell you what, for all the moms in the room, if you are praying, the Holy Spirit will tell you things. And my mom counseled me through that. But I tell you, there's so many things that I've been like, man, this is a secret to my mom. And she, I tell her, she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I promise you there's power when it comes to a mom who prays. And I went and told her and she goes, I know. And she counseled me through this. You see, it wasn't until I was about 21, 22 years old when I realized just how much of a struggle this had become in my own life. One day I'm sitting in my car and I feel this immense fear come over me. I wasn't even doing anything that was relating to what I'm talking to you about. I was, I was just doing normal, I don't know, in-car stuff, maybe checking the radio. And I had this fear, not in me, but on me come over. Sometimes the Lord's, the Word of God says that the Lord descends in a a black cloud, in a dark cloud. You see, on this day, Jesus didn't come to me with tenderness. He came to me and He gave me an ultimatum. He came in this angry cloud and I felt this fear on me. And He said to me, Nick, if you continue down this path and if you maintain this course, you will be lost forever. However, if you make a decision now, I will help you become free. He's not talking about my salvation. Jesus already saved me and set me free. He's talking about a knot that had developed in my life that I was working at and tightening and tightening and tightening to the point where I couldn't breathe anymore because this knot had become so, so tight. Every single one of us have knots in our lives that either we're working to tighten or we're working to undo. And Jesus came and said to me, Nick, you're choking the life out of you by your choices and decisions in this area of your life. If you keep working at this, Nick, you're just gonna continue choking the life out of you. And I want you to be free. What I did is I I was already in my car and I, I made a journey directly to the nearest Christian bookstore and I purchased two books on living free from pornography. It took about another three or four, maybe even five years for me to be exercising, working at this daily. Okay, Lord Jesus, I'm gonna apply these things. I'm working to undo the knot and then I would mess up and the knot would get tied up a little bit more and then I would get back to work and working at it and working at it because I was having to reprogram my thinking. I had been exposed to something I didn't want but it took root in my life and I was tangled up in it. Jesus had saved me and set me free. He had taken care of my eternity, my immortality, but He was saying to me, it's my responsibility to take care of my mortality. This is what is meant in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, when it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because when I considered not doing this, I sat there in fear of what I was gonna become and what I would be bound up with forever. And so I was untangling this daily, working at it, 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 until one day I managed to undo the knot. I stand before you today, not as somebody who has book knowledge or somebody who's been to enough seminars, I stand before you today free because I've done the work. You see, I mentioned this particular knot in my life because stats show that this is no longer a knot that just filthy old men deal with. <laughs> stats actually show that the average age of first exposure to pornography is actually 11 years old. Imagine how much I struggled at 16 years old with the sin in my life and the knot that had entangled me. Consider now an 11 year old when they get exposed to this. And all I'm telling you Studies also show that this is no longer something that just men deal with. Studies show that there are as equally as many women who are struggling with pornography as what there are men. You see, when I was growing up, the thing that was being touted about and promoted and advertised on TV and radio and magazines and on, in newspapers, it was booze, it was tobacco and it was drugs. I grew up with being told, don't you ever put a cigarette in your mouth. Don't you ever take drugs and be very very, uh, responsible when it comes to alcohol. Nowadays, it's no longer about tobacco and drugs and booze. It's now about explicit content. You see, explicit content is now promoted in music. It's in every advertising. It's in all movies. It's on social media. And I promise you, even now, it is being promoted in schools, ladies and gentlemen. You see, this is a knot that is choking out multi-generations, from the youngest to the oldest. For people who have got one foot in the grave and one foot still on this earth, they are still struggling with this knot in their lives. And it's also affecting both genders. As I said, by the grace of God, I'm talking to you now, not out of book knowledge, but out of 27 years of having done the work to be set free, I've untangled the knot. But here's the thing about untangling a knot. The knot may be untangled, but I'm telling you, there's always gonna be a kink in the rope. There's always a kink in the rope. I've untangled this knot in my life. I'm no longer bound up by this thing, but there's a kink in the rope that I need to absolutely make certain that I do everything in my power to take all the necessary steps and all the necessary actions to remain free from that thing. Because once there's a kink in the rope, it's so easy to become tangled back up again, if you let it. If you're not careful, you can become so easily tangled up again. You need to understand that there is a kink in every single rope that you have undone the knot in. I stay free today because I'm diligent. I tell you, anybody will tell you that if you go out out with me for a coffee or a lunch or anything else like that, I have learned, I've become unconsciously competent at bouncing my eyes around the room. That I walk into a room and I'm like, okay, I can't look there. Da, 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 da. I'm not a prude about it, but I also am understanding of the subtleties where the enemy tries to come in and retie this knot. If you're having coffee with me or lunch, you'll find that if I lock my eyes with you and I become like super engaged, you're like, Nick's doing the work. I'm making sure that I do not get tangled up again because one moment, one slip, one glance, one thought is enough for that knot just a little bit like this and then I gotta go back to untangling it. Do the work to stay free. I believe that's why Jesus said to the man in John chapter five and the woman in John chapter eight, go and sin no more because there is a responsibility on each of us to not just be set free from sin and death. That's Jesus's responsibility. He's done the work. We are free from this. This no longer has mastery over us anymore. But now that you're free, you get to walk into the light and live in the light. But in order for you to be in the light, you do have to go through the shades. You go from darkness and you don't automatically get to the light, you walk into the light. This is how you work out your salvation because you have to pass through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, whatever your not is in your life, your not may be addiction, it may be emotional, it may be mental, it may be physical, but it's choking the life out of you. It may be spiritual, it may be relational, but I'm telling you, every knot in your life can be undone when you do the work and with the work of the Holy Spirit working in you, ladies and gentlemen. You see, <laughs> you see, if you had have told me five years ago that I would be standing before you today speaking to you, the blood would have just absolutely drained out of my face. And I would have felt, the, I would have felt physically ill by doing what I'm doing right now. I would have experienced all the irrational symptoms that come along with a phobia. You see, I, I didn't just have a fear of public speaking, I had developed a phobia of public speaking. When I first came over here, Pastor Ashley can attest to this, Ryan can attest to this, my beautiful wife Danielle can attest to this, and anybody else who's done this journey with me can attest to this. Now when I first came over, and I was being asked to simply do the final announcements, I did as much prep for one well, for one and a half minutes in the service as what I would do for an entire 45 minute service the night before. Okay, so thank you so much for coming to church. Okay, uh, so this is what we've got oh, I messed it up. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to church. Thanks oh, I messed it up. Hey, you know what we've got on this week? I don't know. Just go to the church center app because I'm freaking out up here. I would go up and up up and down 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 in our bedroom for I'm not kidding, at least 2 hours every Saturday night praying into, fasting for final announcements. (laughs) Because I had this phobia. But this was a knot that had developed in my life that was choking out the call of God in my life. But I did the work. I did everything that I could to put myself into the firing line of fear. And I tell you, the only thing that cures fear is action and doing the opposite of what it tells you to do. You see, I'm not proud of this and I've had to do a lot of work on this. I've asked for a lot of forgiveness in this particular area and what I'm about to share with you, I genuinely, this is is a shameful thing for me to say. (laughs) When I was living in London, I was in my early 20s. My best friend was getting married in Zimbabwe And he invited me back to Zimbabwe to be his best man. Do you know that I declined his invitation? I I said it was because of the travel and the distance and I couldn't make it, but God knows my heart. The only reason that I said no to being my best friend's best man was I was so bound up with fear, I couldn't stomach the thought of doing the best man speech. I didn't go back to my best friend's wedding because I was so bound up believe me that hurt our relationship phobia will stunt your growth and your development addiction will stunt your growth and your development but I'm here today to tell you you can undo it you can do the work I did the work I put everything in and I stand before you today free from my addictions and free from my phobias because I did the work and you can be free too. I promise you, you can. You can, you can do whatever it takes to untie the knots in your life regardless of how tight the knot is in your life, no matter how long it's been in your life, you can undo every knot in your life and you can live free and walk free. I'm standing here before you today because I did the work, because I'm not bound up, because I worked out my, my salvation with fear and trembling and the Lord worked with me. Every time I moved, He moved. Every time I did the work, He worked in me. Every time I did something, He celebrated with me. But every time I lapsed, it got a little bit tighter and I had to go back and do the work and I worked at these knots in some occasions for five or six years the entire time that I've been over here I've been working on this knot so I can stand before you today with confidence, with boldness, with courage with strength, with peace and declare the Word of God over your life when you untie the knots in your life I swear to God There is nothing that can stop you from doing the call of God in your life. You are not bound up anymore if you choose not to be bound up anymore. You see, the enemy would have you think that you have no power, but the enemy is a liar. And you need to understand that you have all the power. You see, the story goes, that a man visited an elephant sanctuary, and when he went to this elephant sanctuary, he noticed that the elephants were not behind cages and fences. In fact, they were walking around freely, but they had these ropes attached to their legs, and at the other end of the rope was a a peg. When he inquired about this, the elephant handlers said, well, what had actually happened was that when these elephants are little, they get tethered to a post, they get tethered to something and as much as they fight against this thing, as much as they pull and they strain against the rope, they're not strong enough to break the rope. So now as adults, all that's needed to keep these elephants in captivity, all that's needed to keep these elephants bound is the same sized thread with a mock anchor at the base of it and they don't even bother pulling against it anymore. You see, they've succumbed, and they've been conditioned to think that they're in captivity. The enemy has tried to make you succumb and tried to convince you and tried to condition you to think that you're still bound up. But the Word of God, Jesus Himself said in John 8, 36, in John 8:36, it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, you are free today. You are no longer in captivity. There are knots, however, that you need to undo. You see, have you ever wondered, and I've grappled with this, when I was going through my journey of undoing the knots in my life, why is it that when Jesus cut this, this strand, the tie to sin and death, why didn't he also undo the knots in my life as well? Why is it my responsibility to work at these things that are choking out the life? What he showed me over 27 years is actually perfectly illustrated by a friend of mine. You see, a friend of mine has this very successful consulting business, and for three decades, he's trained and developed business owners into becoming all that God has called them to be. But what he's told me is that he will now no longer take on a client who has not paid for his services themselves. You see, he said that over the years, what he's discovered is that whenever he offers his services for free, or somebody else pays for his services on somebody else's behalf, they will never get the same results as those who invest in it themselves. He says over and over and over again, people with no skin in the game, they won't show up, they'll show up late, and they will not put in the work and the homework to get the results of those who have skin in the game. And He says 100% of the time, they all end up quitting at some point. Even if, it, if, even if they've been able to survive through the coaching and the consulting. You see, I believe that if Jesus did everything in our lives, if He came and He set us free from death and sin, and then He also untied the knots, we would end up thinking that we could do whatever we want, whenever we want, and Jesus would just come like a genie and set us free, and then we would live free and walk free, but we actually wouldn't change to be free. You see, there are knots in our lives, because Jesus wants you to do the work, so that while you're working at undoing the knot, you're also learning the skills, the gifts, the talents, so that when your knot is undone and there's still a kink in the rope, you will know how to how you will you will also know how to prevent that from being t- tied up again. You see, if he came along and he just set you free. With the kink in the rope, you would always be tying it up again because you would not have done the work to know how to get free. He leaves those knots in our lives because He wants us to work at it with fear and trembling, and then He works in us for His good pleasure. We can have the keys up. You see, God, ha- God has said He will help you. But he's also said that you need to work at undoing the knots yourself. If we can have the house lights up for a second. Each of you will find under your seats a piece of string like this. Can I get you to lean down and grab this? If you're with us on Zoom and on YouTube, as I said to you at the beginning of the service, grab something about six or eight inches that you can tie. I'm gonna ask each of you to tie a knot in the string for me right now, please. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. Everybody all over this place. With this knot in your hand, see like the lesson I learned when I was 18 19 years old every single one of us has a knot or multiple knots that we need to undo like what that smoker said my struggle is public yours is private regardless of whether your knot is visible to everybody or your knot is concealed there is still a knot in your life that needs to be undone and for you your knot may be anger this knot may be lust This knot may be an addiction. Maybe for you this knot may be self-harming. The knot may be depression, unbelief. It may be trauma. Maybe this knot is unforgiveness. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's a divorce that you went through. Maybe this knot is hate. Maybe the knot for you is abuse. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe you're not as promiscuity. Maybe you're not as something from your childhood. Maybe you're not as something in your marriage. Maybe this not represents something a stranger, a neighbor, or family member did to you. This not represents anything in your life that has got you tangled up. And don't neglect the little knots because the little knots can keep getting bound and can become big knots because what I found in my own life is when Jesus deals with the big knots then he gets to work on the little knots so that those little knots don't become big knots but for every time I undo a knot there's a kink in it and by learning to undo the knot I also know how to stay free what I want you to do is I want you to take these strings home with you in a minute I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna we're gonna take communion but I want you to take these knots home with you I'll just do undo this a little bit because what I want you to do is I want you to put this knot in your car on the mirror in the bathroom by your bedside table wherever you see it daily and you're going to make a commitment that there's going to be something that you do every day to work at undoing this knot in your life. And I'm telling you, all of heaven will rejoice with every time you undo the knot until the time that it's absolutely free. And because you've done the work, you will know how to stay free. Can I ask you just to put up your hands in front of you with the knot in one of your hands, like you're ready to receive on Zoom, on YouTube? I'm going to ask you to join us in this. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me because this is a prayer of you seeking the Lord and declaring before the Lord that you will do whatever it takes to undo this knot in your life. So with every head bowed, and I'm going to ask you to please pray this prayer from your heart. Repeat this out loud after me. Dear God, this knot represents an area of my life that I'm struggling with I'm done with this knot, and I want this knot undone in my life. I'm committed to doing whatever it takes to be free and to live free. Please work in me to undo every knot in my life. You are not doing this alone, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus is with you because Philippians 2.12 says, and he works in you. I am not free because of my own efforts. I'm free because of my efforts coupled with what Jesus did in me. Under your chairs, you'll see that you have communion. We're gonna take a minute. Because this is a reminder that you are not doing this alone. This is a reminder that you cannot do this alone. This is a reminder that Jesus is with you we need to take this together. And Jesus said, and the word of God says, and Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said that this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. that has been in this room that has been on zoom and on youtube and every person who will watch this later i pray that the seed that has been sown you will protect it and i pray father god that you will partner with us to undo all the knots so that we will know how to walk free and live free and be free forever you know i just want to take a minute now with us in this room And I want you to be equally as unashamed in this moment as I have to share this story with you. I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable as I have been vulnerable. And maybe you're somebody who you've been saved and set free from death and sin. And when Jesus cut that cord, you stumbled into the light but you've had all these knots in your life as reminders of the things that you once struggled with and you thought that this knot still meant you were tethered to that it does not mean you're tethered to that it just means that these are the things that you need to work on and as a result of that you have now begun to walk back and live in darkness and sin and death because you think like the elephants that you're still bound when in fact you're not bound you may have given your life to Jesus and understood that You've been set free. But maybe you've wandered back and you feel more comfortable in darkness than what you do in the light because you're ashamed of the knots in your life. I'm going to ask you to be just as vulnerable in this moment as I have been. And as a family, I'm going to ask you, if you've been living here and you want to know how to walk free from this, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand right now all over this place. I see your hand, 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 I see your hand. Jesus, I see your hand. On Zoom and online, I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand, heaven sees your hand. Church, for those who didn't put up their hands, I'm gonna ask you to partner with me now. To pray a prayer that for all of these people who have had the courage to say, you know what? I feel like I'm living so close to this I know that I've been saved and set free but I want to be walked into the light I'm gonna ask that you help me now and pray let's be the church that the Holy Spirit comes and grabs these people by their hands and he walks them into the light and they remain in the light pray with me right now father for every person who raised their hands I ask that you will bring fire from heaven, that you will just send angels to them right now, that they will feel that they have been grabbed by the hand and that you are walking them from darkness into light. And I just pray, Father God, that guilt and shame will be removed from you. That will not be your mantle. That will not be your mainstay. That will not be your label anymore. You have been set free from guilt and shame and sin and death and the knots in your life are still there because you need to understand that you have Victory. Those knots are not there because you are a loser, those knots are there because Jesus wants you to have victory. Every knot in your life is there because the Lord wants you to understand you can undo it. Regardless of how long it's been there, regardless of how tight it is, you can undo it. And Father God, right now, I pray you'll pour out your spirit, you'll pour out your life, you'll pour out your blood, you'll pour out your freedom, you'll pour out your courage, you'll pour out your strength, and that we will undo every knot in our life, Father God, and we will walk in the light and live in the light and we will do the work Father God to not just be free but live free and help other people become free in Jesus mighty name.